This episode brought to you by the Crash App. Are you fucking tired of your phone having plenty of space on its hard drive and the ability to work well? Is it always doing exactly what you want and going literally days between charges? The Crash App puts an end to the well-oiled machine that was once your phone and replaces it with a heat brick that you can use to keep your hand warm. The Crash App deletes system folders and other opposing apps at random while simultaneously draining your phone of battery life at record speed. Download it on your friends' phones for a fun and irreversible prank. The Crash App. Get fucked. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a new father of two. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm David Day. And I'm Bryce Hansen. And today we're reviewing The Prodigy. We'll start out by giving a brief review of our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being very, very bad. 5 being a C movie, so like totally average. And 10 being, you know, the best, a 10 out of 10. The movie can't get better than a 10 out of 10. Arguably, nothing can get better than a 10 out of 10. So after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later in the podcast, we'll be doing horror movie news as well as the Rotten Tomatoes game. But first, we're going to plug ourselves. So we got our website. We got HorrorMovieTalk.com. Check us out on there and social media. We're most active on Twitter and Facebook. But, you know, we also got Insta for the kids. Uh, So we post a new episode every Wednesday. Subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you listen to us on. Also, remember, if you need to buy something online, you're probably going to Amazon. And the way that you the proper way to go to Amazon is you go to horrormovietalk.com and then you click on the green button that says shop with Amazon at the top of the page. And that way you get to support our podcast and feel good about that and get, you know, the the nipple guards that you so need and desire. Mm-hmm. And some lanolin oil. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so so go ahead and help the podcast out by by shopping through Amazon. Also, another way you can help us out is by subscribing or at least giving Shudder a test drive, right? Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com is a horror movie slash show streaming service similar to Netflix, but it's not. And, you know, if you like this show, you'll probably like what's on Shudder because it's just a bunch of horror movie stuff. And if you enter HMT at checkout on Shutter, you get a free 30-day uh, trial run, demo, if you will, of Shutter instead of the normal 7-day. So help us out with Amazon or Shutter, and we'll love you forever. I mean, probably. Unless you're a bad person. In which case, eh, yeah. It's case-by-case case Yeah, it's basis. kind of a case-by-case case. By case, yeah. case. But the real news today, I'm super excited, I'm super pumped, I'm very amped, I'm so hyped to introduce Eric Wergler, a guest on the podcast. 
Hello. How's it going, guys? How's it going, Eric? I, oh, I'm wow. really excited to be here. The audience is fucking yeah. They're great. They're great. They're from, it's a great audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not fake. Eric Wergler is from a little band called My Brothers and I. Yeah. So we're based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, we have two albums out. Um, and we're going to go back into the studio in March. Um, and when you when you approached me to come on the podcast, yeah. I think my response was, I don't do well with scary movies. <laughs> which made it... Which, which instant, is delightful for us. Yes, which made me hone in on you so much more. Yeah, so there's that. Um, but yeah, so man's uh, going well. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. And I'm excited to share my thoughts about The Prodigy, because I, I actually went to the movies with you guys, too. And yeah. I don't know if the audience knows that. Anybody who doesn't follow well, us on do Twitter. Now. But yeah, they do me. now. And um, that was a fun experience, because you guys showed up with notepads, which, <laughs> which scared me a little bit. Cause you guys There's take a bit it of culture seriously. shock with, with Eric. Yeah, and yeah. then as we were talking about, as we, as we started to sit down, which I thought was interesting, is you guys sit a seat apart. Mm-hmm. There's and a buffer freaked, seat. That freaked me out, too. Yeah, we, and I don't know why you guys do that. Well, I mean, I, b- we like I, to leave it open for the Lord. <laughs> we, in case, in case Isaiah comes, we have a seat spared for him. Exactly in the middle of a horror movie, and so, and you know, there's, there's the um, it's kind of disrespectful. What is? <laughs> Not that there were a ton of people in the theater. If we're going to be perfectly honest, right? But. There was us, us three, and then another gentleman. Yeah. Way back. Yeah. Yeah. So there's four people, and we were three of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, in these horror movies, we went and saw it like the the opening, opening night on Thursday, and like, there's not a lot of people that show up to The Prodigy. <laughs> no. The Prodigy was a, was a, I mean, it, so it's been interesting to go to opening night on all these movies, because you get a sense for how they're, like, Halloween was pretty big, The Predator was pretty big mm-hmm. on opening night. And uh, and the prodigy was crickets, uh, which was which uh, it should be like yeah. everything is as it should be, and I would argue same for the predator and Halloween. Yeah. Um. But yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm yeah. from. I'll just plug myself again because yeah, no. I'll get in trouble if I don't. Um. My brothers and I. You can find us anywhere you find music. Um. YouTube. We have a bunch of. If you don't know the words to our songs, we have a lot of lyric videos too. Um. So yeah, check us out. I'd appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. What, what would you describe the genre of music? Um, I think most people would just call it alternative music. Brutal um, death metal? I think on iTunes it's considered pop, um, but it's not like we don't wear short skirts and oh, okay. push-up bras, so it's not like that. But It'd be pretty hot if you did. Uh, debatable. <laughs> I, I mean, in this mind, I'm like, yeah, all right. Of course, <laughs> of course but yeah. we record every episode of Horror Movie Talk Naked, so... Yeah. I mean, that was the I, other culture shock. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about about this is I get to know right off the bat that you know it's okay. I mean, I'm just saying I'm there's a little attraction. So, <laughs> all right, this is getting weird. Let's move on. I don't know what how like how's this? Um, we went and saw the Prodigy, which, if you recall from a couple episodes ago, uh, a, a couple episodes ago of Horror Movie Talk in the news. Prodigy was pulled back into the edit bay because they claimed it was too scary. Mm-hmm. And in <laughs> and mission accomplished, the Prodigy is no longer too scary. In fact, 
it's kind of it's kind of not much of anything. It's more of a forgettable horror movie that had decent promise and delivered on very little. So here's here's my question before we get into the trailer and the review. Yeah. Do you believe that? Do I believe that it was too scary? Uh-huh. I mean, are you suggesting they would lie to us? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. If you had a mediocre horror movie on your hands that just, you can tell, is just not going to work, would you, just to generate buzz, be like, hey, man, we just had to go back to the back to the shop, cut some stuff out, because audiences were too scared they were horrified yeah i think it i think there i think there's some truth to it my guess this is my my just just stab in the dark is they uh it's because the the title of the article was goofy it was you know it was the movie prodigy too scary we had to be pulled back in the edit bay but the article was actually pretty honest and the article said uh essentially there was a jump scare and then and then an important part of plot right after the jump scare and so the, the oh, timing right. the timing of it was was unfortunate and it caused some people to miss parts of the story an important part of the story so okay. my guess so is, really was they just had bad editing yeah they just had to give a jump scare some room to breathe is my guess <laughs> yeah i think of like movies that Part of the marketing is people were fainting or people walked out of the movie and then you go see it and it's like just a lame, just uh, slightly offensive movie. If they walked out, it was for other reasons, not because they were scared. (laughs) If we're going to be completely honest. Good call. Good call. All right. Well, here's the trailer for Prodigy. The Prodigy. Did you really just say that? Nurturing genius. He's our little prodigy. Miles isn't wired like other kids. His intelligence is off the charts. I don't have an exact score, but it'll be very high. He's special. Mommy? What's wrong with me? Miles is having a very difficult time making friends. I want you to tell me everything that you remember. I don't remember anything. Miles' brain is extremely well-developed. He may need a specialist. You must be Miles. Miles is dangerous. I don't feel safe with him in the house. Oh, my God. He's so different now. I feel like I don't know him. Mommy? Will you always love me? No matter what I do? I I wish I could hate the prodigy more. (laughs) <laughs> it's not terrible that's it's, it's just so so, so mediocre yeah, yeah so mediocre the prodigy uh can be found in theaters as this episode airs but probably not for a whole lot longer than that <laughs> yeah 
Especially with uh, Happy Death Day to You coming out. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to take all the horror movie fans. Yeah, for sure. This may be a little bit of a, uh, this may be a little bit of my own personal problem, but whenever they say the name of the thing in the trailer, Mm -hmm. it bothers me. He's our little prodigy. I'm like, "Mm." one of my favorite moments in the movie. So if you do hate that, I'm pretty sure this was a wink to that phenomenon because they were, the mother was talking to one of the teachers of the kid of, what's his name again? Miles. Miles. And, uh, oh yeah, no, it was a doctor and she was taking him in and saying, oh yeah, he's starting to like use words now. And he was like, I don't know, like eight months old or something like that. And he's like, oh really? Well, you know, he's a really... You know what we call that? He's a little smarty pants. <laughs> I really wanted him to turn to the camera and say, Wink. He's a prodigy. But he didn't do it. He called him smarty pants. So either they should have changed the title of the movie to smarty pants. <laughs> smarty pants. Or they just wasted an opportunity. I, you know what? I, did, we, did we ask Eric, uh, what, what's your experience with horror movies? So yeah, did, so did we mention that we did, and then we had to scrap the, <laughs> the audio. I can't we recall had... <laughs> because I think I think he so, mentioned I think he mentioned House on uh, the House. No, on... we haven't we haven't talked about oh, it okay. yet. So yeah, so um, my background for whatever I say the rest of the podcast for people to understand where I'm coming from is I would consider myself the average consumer of something like this. I'm not a huge horror person. Um, the movies or show, a show recently I really liked was, uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we talked off, uh, air or off recording about the definition of horror. I'm sure you guys get that question a lot. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that show. I thought it was suspenseful. The family dynamics and the character development I could kind of relate to with a semi big family myself. Yeah. Um, it was a great show. I thought it was really well made. And, you know, the ending, some people didn't like it. Some people did like it. But that, if that's horror, I really like that. Um, uh, the, you know, I'm sure Stephen, Stephen King in general is horror. But, like, it, I think, is really entertaining to me. Um, the, Are you talking new or old? Um, He's talking new. I was kind of entertained. The old one I really, really like. Um, mm. The new one I was entertained by. Um, I think I went into it, my little brother, who's lead singer of the band, he told me, it's not really that scary, Eric. It's more of like, you know, signs. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that is misleading. He, let's just say there's a reason why he's not on the podcast today. It's because he totally misrepresented that movie. <laughs> and he forgot to tell me that they do a very good job of like showing a little kid being eaten within the first minute. And I'm like, yeah. oh, crap. Speaking of which, it's interesting that you mention it and the little kid being eaten at the start of it, because that's the same kid who plays Miles in The Prodigy. I did not that's notice right. that. Yeah. Georgie from It, yeah. from the 2017 It, is Miles, The Prodigy. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And uh, and I kind of wish I kind of wish Miles got eaten by the clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. That's kind of along my my taste too. I like the family based. Horror. We have an episode where me and David go over our top fives, and I think we're pretty much in agreement. We lean more towards the supernatural versus slashers. Yeah. Yeah, Superma- supernatural well, family-based kind of stuff. Well, earlier I said it, 
I'm sure people walked out of this for other reasons. This wasn't appalling. With that said, though, I think this is the reason why somebody like me doesn't go to the movies all the time for scary movies that come out. Because yeah. it almost seemed like they just wanted to scare you. They didn't want to entertain you. And I don't know if that makes any sense. They d- they didn't really want to do any of anything. I don't know. They well, wanted to they wanted to to trick people into paying for uh, not even being entertained. It <laughs> yeah. was. It's it's kind of like looking at the marketing. I almost wonder if they're thinking, "What are we What are we supposed to do with this?" This because is so embarrassing. This is the Melba toast of the, horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> because. The poster is him with, you know, the half skull face and half, you know, without makeup. And there's just one scene in the movie. And that's kind of a just out of the blue. It doesn't have any association with anything. And it's like a scene that they put in there to be like, we can use this for the poster. Yeah, it's it's yeah poster is sweet though yeah oh, fuck yeah man the poster is <laughs> great i loved it yeah so the prodigy uh can be I, I don't know if i mentioned the prodigy can be found in theaters as this episode airs and it starts the start is 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 the probably the most important part of this movie the prodigy starts with and this is not this is not spoilers so don't worry this prodigy starts with two stories happening simultaneously one is a mother giving birth Another is a different woman escaping from the clutches of a deranged serial killer's house, minus a hand. So she has a hand cut off, and she's running kind of through the woods. The woman notifies the authorities, and SWAT team and a SWAT team begins closing in on the ho- on the serial killer's house. As this baby is born, the serial killer is gunned down by the SWAT team, and there's a heavy insinuation that the soul of the serial killer is reincarnated into this newborn baby. So, um, not, you know, not a, not a new concept, but certainly an interesting one, nonetheless. The Prodigy was a highly hyped movie. They did, I think that's the best, the thing they did best with The Prodigy was they, the hype train was, was pretty impressive. But the movie itself ended up falling flat. It was made up of a lot of hand-holding and, like, very coddling sort of exposition that was really... Way too. He has two different colored eyes, just like Miles. Right. Just a bunch of just convenient bullshit that was, yeah, it was just way too convenient. It felt like lazy writing with a decent concept. Uh, The most notable stars of the prodigy are Taylor Schilling, who is the blonde from Orange is the New Black, and Jackson Robert Scott, who, as I mentioned before, was little Georgie in It. So... Yeah. And he was acting circles around Taylor Schilling. Yeah, yeah, he, sh- he sure was. She, yeah. It, 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 that being said, he wasn't doing a great job acting. I thought he did a really good job. Did you? But that was my favorite part of the movie was his performance. You know, I, thinking back, I guess you're right. I think it was the writing that held it back a little bit, but I yeah. think the actor, he did a really good job. I yeah. mean, in terms of, like, portraying going from, like, an actual little boy to being, you know inhabited by well is this a spoiler a hungarian serial killer yeah, hungarian serial killer like you could you could understand when uh, the switch is made which is you know to me a good sign 
Yeah. No, I guess you're right. I, I'm I'm being unfair with this child actor because uh, he represents the movie to me. Uh, he did do a he did do a pretty good job. <laughs> the men to blame for the prodigy <laughs> is the writer Jeff Bu- Jeff Bueller from who who wrote Midnight Meat Train. And director Nicholas McCarthy, who also directed the pack, I think the dire- the direction in this movie was pretty pretty bad. It was the writing and the direction was blah. The Prodigy's writing is so predictable that it sometimes feels like a paint by numbers for horror movies, and the direction is just boring, leaving you wishing the movie ended in an hour before it actually does. Yeah, I didn't. Nothing about the direction jumped out at me as bad. Like there was. There were some good moments in terms of like building tension. I really like the scene where he puts his hand on his mother's shoulder as he's sleeping in the bed. That's that was the that one was notable shot. piece. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's an exception. That was great. The uh, going down the stairs, the Home Alone esque moment. That was pretty good. Yeah, I have a comment on that. Go one ahead. But the uh, the direction overall, I mean, it was competent. I don't think there was anything that jumped out as terrible, other than yeah, the writing. And, you know, I would hope that a director would be able to step in and be like, this is pretty hokey. Having a, having a scene that is just exposition for the whole movie. Like, is there a better way to do this? Or is this a way we can communicate this without words? I'll get but, into my critique on the direction in the spoilers because it's hard to uh, right. talk about how, like, the specifics of, of what I disliked about it. What was your What was your comment? Is that a spoiler if I talk about it? Um, I'm not sure what... if it is. If we're talking about like an actual scene that delving deep, we should, we should probably hold off on that. Let's just give our score and then yeah. go into spoilers. So my my score for the prodigy is a four out of ten because it really it really just was not a bad movie. It just wasn't a good movie, or it was a little underwhelming. And I've seen some real hot shit like movies that were just very garbage bad. So I can't really i mean i could go a little bit lower than a four but not much yeah i mean i i give it a five because i'm a little more cynical about (laughs) quality of movies i think it's completely middle of the road unexceptional yeah and it wasn't i i can't i can't point to anything as being particularly bad it's just not good yeah i have never publicly rated a movie before so i'm a little nervous <laughs> but i'm putting my name on this oh man well it's like a little he's a little bird going out of the nest yeah, for the so first time tweet at me if you disagree come at me um i would say four as well yeah i did get scared though but i think that's just because i'm not an average consumer of scary movies and specifically the music i thought was done pretty well and the music always gets me like if i wasn't Okay, I closed my eyes once, and when I did close my eyes, <laughs> the music still scared me, and that's because I just don't, I can't block that out for whatever reason. Yeah, so, we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty calloused at this point. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, yeah four I think is good. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I wouldn't argue with you. There are there are moments in this movie that are effective and scary. <clears throat> there are, they have, they particularly, they're mostly jump scares. Uh, there is one exceptionally awkward moment with, uh, mom in bed, uh, which don't worry, we'll get there. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it, it was not, it was, you know, it, but yeah. So with that, 
let's get into the spoilers so that we can talk real shit on this movie. Spoilers. So the first thing to mention about this movie is not actually about this movie at all. Uh, it's about the walk from the parking garage to, <laughs> to the movie, which set the stage quite nicely. As Bryce and I, we, we carpooled. Mm-hmm. We got out of my my truck and we we're on the second floor of the parking garage and could hear this man ranting. Yeah, we passed on him on the first floor. We passed him on the way in, and he was clearly drug addled, <laughs> and he was screaming and a shouting, and At no one in particular. No, just into the air. Just an angry, drunken person. He. I don't think he was drunken. He was pretty. He was. He was not sedate. <laughs> He was raging. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, maybe. I don't know. There are there are some angry drunks, but he just wasn't slurring. He was pretty articulate. And as in, his... in passing, we're, we're talking about your mom's house intro. And just I, as we were passing him, I was saying something to the effect of, like, I didn't realize what was being said in the intro. And I thought it was just a string of profanities and there's actually none in it. Right. Anyways, that's the that's the setup. Yeah, so this guy, as we're w- literally walking by him, you know, a couple feet from him, which I all, I'm always, it's so hard for me to decide what to do in those sorts of situations when you have a clearly disturbed person who's basically willing to rage in in public. I I, I never know if I should like walk across the street and potentially incite them to freak out on me for being like what are you fucking avoiding me you know i don't know what's going it's you can't know what's going to set them off so so anyway we chose to the direct route go right by this guy and as we're walking by him he he says and i quote i would rather not use obscenities like fart and cunt and hail hitler (laughs) and he proceeds and I, I was like, holy shit, that's the true gamut of obscenities. I mean, that that escalated quickly. Yeah. He went from fart, which kids say, and that's not an obscenity, really. And then he went to the C word, which is, I mean, that's, you wouldn't think you could get much farther on the spectrum of obscenities than, than cunt. And then he goes straight to hail Hitler, which is, wow, you really, like, he went, the whole spectrum of of obscenities <laughs> in that statement, and I nearly died of laughter. Just going from offending a kindergarten teacher to offending half of the population of the earth to offending the entire population. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the second one in, is okay. In reality, this. that actually is a pretty good scale. I mean, he just, he just represented everything yeah. in those three <laughs> obscenities. Yeah. I think I was in my seat eating Sour Patch Kids yeah. when this was happening. You because you guys were out. telling me after the fact. It I was, was like, I'm happy I got here early. It was delightful. It was one of the best moments I've ever had approaching a movie theater. <laughs> so the bones of the Prodigy are pretty good, actually. I like I like the bones of this of this movie. The idea that a killer could be reincarnated is not you know it's obviously not a new one. We've we've seen Child's Play. We've seen The Omen. And there's plenty of others that are just like it. But it is compelling. 
and it could be made very scary. And I think if I chose to do the prodigy, uh, I would I would probably do it with a little bit of Rob Zombie flair, like way too way too gritty and intense and and over the top, because anything to add some some flavor to this otherwise bland barbecue of. See, I I disagree. I would go the more psychological route. I really like the omen and a big part of that is the character development and the doubt of the parents of like something yeah. something ain't quite right with that boy. And there's a little bit of it in this movie, but it wasn't I mean the 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 stakes weren't high at all and the stuff that they did kind of use as being kind of weird they never quite explained yeah the whole premise of the movie of him being a prodigy they don't really i mean they don't say the serial killer is a genius explicitly do they bryce did you watch the movie the serial killer as his as his victim escaped at the start of the movie he was he had a soldering iron in his hand and he was soldering a wafer board so clearly he's a genius. Only geniuses can solder. Or he's just an engineer. I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to argue with you about this, but I'll fight you. I will come at you, bro. Yeah, it's the opening of the movie is like, oh, our kid's real smart. And they don't, I get what they're trying to do is that he's smart because he's got this other person that's a fully grown adult inside of him. But they never really connect the dots there, which is shocking because they connect every single other thing in this movie explicitly through dialogue. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. <clears throat> but I would have liked to see a little more character development, a little more um, raised stakes of, you know, showing what the actual relationship between the kid and the parents is and and yeah. a little bit of having more attachment to the family than just be like oh look it's an evil kid yeah that's you're absolutely sad. right the the stakes were just not they weren't there in in a lot of different ways like i just didn't give a shit i did not care about anybody in this movie uh did, did you care about anyone i cared about one person who's that uh the father of the kid <laughs> okay that's so sexist. you can you, yeah you can throw it at me but i felt like he was the one character that had a good backstory that you found out slowly throughout the movie yeah that's that's a good point and then they like and then i guess we're talking about spoilers but but he's kind of taken out of the story three quarters of the way through when (laughs) when get rid of the one thing that worked he was yeah he had the one good storyline that maybe some people could relate to that kind of grounded the story a bit it seemed like everybody else was just talking like here's what's about to happen yeah and he was more of just reacting to things like a father would i don't know yeah i mean he He's accused of yeah, basically beating Miles. Yeah. And instead of, like, dwelling on that and showing the impact of that, they just show him, say, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he just leaves. Yeah, he does have an interesting backstory as well, which is they allude to, they're like, oh, man, I know you had a really tough childhood. Boom. You know, with your dad beating you Boom. And what stuff. happened to your dad? Like, that's those are the questions that popped into my head. It's like, it's, whoa, could he be beating this kid? But it's they what didn't makes, even... yeah, it's what makes anything interesting, right, is the interpersonal relationships. It's why, it's why movies are, people watch dramas. So your, your comment, that was the one question, that was the one question mark I had about, not the one question mark, but 
that was the one character I felt like was a real yeah. person. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that's I think that's accurate. But Miles is the formulary, a formulaic evil child who has been placed in the formulaic evil child script to act out formulaic evil child things. <laughs> Here's a brief rundown of the structure of the prodigy, just so that everybody kind of <clears throat> can get on the same page. Um, Mom has evil child. Evil child is gifted, but evil. Doctor's note gift, also note, some evil. <laughs> Mom takes child to brain quack, who diagnoses evil within child, with far greater accuracy than many doctors can diagnose the common cold. I was shocked at how at how perfectly the brain quack. He mm-hmm. he. I mean, he was just a vessel for exposition in right. this movie. It was like your child has probably. I mean, you know. I mean, so I've considered a lot of things. Could be lupus. Could be that. I mean, most likely it's that a serial killer got reincarnated as your child was born one day. <laughs> but also, we're not ruling out stomach cancer. <laughs> You know, he called it so quickly and so perfectly. Okay. He's like Dr. House, except for paranormal <laughs> yeah. ailments. Yeah, so doctor diagnoses evil within child stunningly quickly and easily. Child is confirmed evil. Evil deeds done by evil child. Evil child splits up family. Evil wins, probably. Yeah, I think that scene with the doctor, it's just one of my pet peeves is when they just explicitly give exposition. Yeah. This is what's happening. And here's how to frame it in the, in your understanding of what this is. Audience. They explain the difference between being possessed and being reincarnated or yeah. having someone reincarnated in you and explain this, the stakes of you don't have much time because eventually he will take over and your child will be gone. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just like, okay. All right. Neat. It would have been better if they used, you know, like, the plot to communicate that, that the stakes were being raised and that something was happening and that there was a timeline through just seeing the killer take over the child's personality but i don't know it's probably just easier to have the doctor say price is just being silly now that's just silly talk (laughs) yeah i mean it's why people do puzzles right it's because if you're given a picture to look at that's not cool but if you got to put the picture together hey that's kind of like i can occupy myself with this my mind needs something to work on there's nothing to work on here. and some people like the people this movie is marketed towards just like the picture on the box right yeah, the kid with the half skull, half regular mm-hmm. face. Yeah. So with the boring script stripped away, this kind of becomes a movie that you've probably seen before. In fact, I can almost guarantee you've seen this movie before, which would normally be fine because there aren't really, you know, I mean, it's there are no original stories left to tell. So the sin that the prodigy commits, as we've discussed, is it doesn't add anything new or interesting to the story to make you care. Keep in mind... That the bones of this story are the bones for many of the best horror movies ever made, including Hereditary, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, The Omen. See, that's wrong, David, oh. because as they explained in The Prodigy, there's oh. a big difference between being possessed, Oh, because oh. being possessed is a non-human entity taking control of someone, and being having a soul reincarnated into your body is a human 
entity. So I have been taking all to... of those movies that you described have no relation to this movie. Those were all possessions of demons and the devil. I've been taken to task so thoroughly just now. You should just walk out. I'm qu- get out. I'm quitting you... the podcast. All right. I'll see you guys later. Where's the audience? I gotta go. Huh. Audience, audience is not a big fan of David. I'm so happy it's just right. us now. Yeah, just horror movie talk with David and Eric. <laughs> I'm back. Oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean we've said it. I don't know. I mean they they made that distinction between possession and reincarnation, and then they proceed to not use any of that. Yeah, or make it any different at all from the movies that you just listed this is where i'm gonna have to um disagree with you bryce because at the end of the movie uh evil did win and the killer did stay in the kid's body he is completely reincarnated all the time oh you mean like hereditary rosemary's baby the exorcist and the omen i guess not the exorcist not the exorcist theoretically they they could all be you know you could take the demon out of out of the boy in Hereditary. You know, those can be exorcised. At, mm-hmm. A la the exorcist. Mm-hmm. The, because there's an exorcist too. True. Yeah. The doctor did mention there was some sort of timeline with the kid. Like, oh, we have to do it because he's eight, which means we're running out of time. But they yeah. never gave us the time in which... <laughs> and they never <laughs> like, told wait, us wait, 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 back up a bit. Are we talking about a that? year, yeah. two years, three years? Like, how long do we have, Doc, before... And how do you know? <laughs> and how do you... Yeah. Why is eight the magic number? Well, I've had a lot of patients with reincarnated souls in them, and usually around age eight, they just succumb. Yeah, so, I mean... It's one of these things, you know, it's... It's it, a ticking time. You've got about eight minutes now. <laughs> Yeah, it did feel it was all so so convenient and so perfectly mapped out and uh, so much exposition. I the one of the th- one of my immediately my barometer for bullshit went off at almost the very start of this movie when the woman gave birth to the to the baby who was then possessed, Miles, and they swaddled that baby so poorly. And, you know, having just had a baby, you know, on whatever it was, Monday. Yeah, uh, David's swaddling technique is on fleek. I on, mean, I saw pictures of it. It That is a tight baby. Yeah, so my method is I turn the baby onto her stomach after after the first wrap, and then I put my knee into her back, and then I just... <laughs> And then I just really fucking crank that blanket down until she starts. That's horrible. Um, until she, you know, she'll wiggle a little bit. I mean, not that much. Not after the swaddle. Right. It's, you know. And really, she can't cry out that much because there's not enough air. Right. You just hear a. That's the little sounds they make anyway. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to know. Uh, yeah, so the we're sw- horrifying Eric right now. The, sw- <laughs> the swaddling technique was not cool in the Prodigy. What did you think of the swaddling technique? <laughs> I don't have kids yet, so I'm not sure. No well, comment. But for real though, like I, all joking- I did have a I did have a fear about the parenting stuff because both of you guys are parents, and I thought uh, maybe I was naive to think that. Without me being a parent, I would lose some insight going into this movie. <laughs> but then I shortly realized that there's the story is not deep enough for me to have cared about that going 
into the movie theater. So you know, there is something about these movies with child as having an evil child in them that there is something added if you're a parent because there's an activator. Yeah, it, because with not only are, do you care more about children, but you. You saying I don't care about children? Wait, no, you obviously <laughs> Wait. not care more. Care, care more, more. about children. Okay. Um, there's an element of while your kid is growing up, and all children are sociopaths. Yeah, by nature they have to be. They they only care about themselves, and once they learn how to lie to get what they want, they are all in. Yeah. And so there's a certain element of. At most ages, you're wondering, is this going to turn out really bad? <laughs> like, how how much power do I have to correct my child? Because they're smart, and they can tell when you're trying to manipulate them, and they'll counteract it. Um, and most kids turn out all right, you know, and my kids will probably be okay. But I can, when you watch these movies with evil children, you're like, I mean... What if that was yours, and what if they just kept going down that road? Yeah, w- wouldn't it have been great if they towed that line for a bit longer in the movie, though? Right, or even did it at all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like this could be a kid that's actually in your house. They never even touched on that. Could be a possibility. It w- it wasn't even. It, it was kind there, of disappointing. Yeah, there was only like two or three moments that showed the kid being a kid, right? Because the whole idea is that he he has two minds in his body. And one is just a kid. And there's a couple moments of like at the breakfast table and talking with his parents where he's just a kid having fun. And you're like, okay, but it's just not enough for you to even understand what the character of the kid is. Even understanding, is the kid a prodigy? Right. (laughs) Is the kid part of him really, really smart or is that the killer? No, I don't think the kid is a prodigy. I think think the dude is the prodigy and the kid but you bring you bring up a good point which is there's like some sort of weird activator when you have a kid suddenly and i think what it is is you is you is when you watch one of these movies that has a kid behaving all weird or terrible or turning into a bad person you put that on your child you instantaneously go how is this how how similar is my child to this? And so suddenly there's like an active ingredient in your life that you can really you can really relate to, and you go, oh oh oh, is there oh there's probably a serial killer within my child right now, like that cuts off. He's right. Hungarian, right. speaks in her sleep, and uh, and talks about killing whores, whores. <laughs> so. The, it is something interesting that happens when you do have a kid. It puts you in a cool a cool guy club, uh-huh. which Bryce and I are in, and and Eric isn't. I'm working on it. Oh, <laughs> that's the fun part. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> do our best, Tom Likas laugh. <laughs> so, this next scene, I had a really big problem with the babysitter scene. Go yeah. ahead. Can Go I ahead. segue? Because it's Go my ahead. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> This, she, this is my biggest pet peeve. Set the scene up. Set it up. So the the mom and dad decide to go on a date in a car. They're not going anywhere expensive. They're just sitting in a car in front of a lake or something like that. Drinking beers. Sharing some beers. Like a pretty cool thing. Uh, Low maintenance. Pretty cool. Um, They switch back to where the kid is, which is with the babysitter. 
And the kid seems to know the babysitter. At the beginning, they seem to have a pretty good relationship. Um, and then she says, you know, it's time to turn off the TV, we, but we can play one more game. What would you like to do? And he says, hide and seek. And I think he's still the kid at that point. So she goes, all right, I'll count. We'll figure it out. She counts to ten, opens his eyes. The kid has not moved. He's just looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, moment. what the heck is going on? So her response, instead of, you're weird, is, well, I'll count again and close my eyes. It's like, okay, well, I see where this is going. She counts to 20, I think, that time. He's creeping around the stairs down to the basement, talking to himself. She opens his eyes. He's gone. And she starts to search for him. She opens her eyes. She opens her eyes. Yeah. <clears throat> you, can't, you can't assume her pronoun. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Eric knew. The thing that really bugged me is she was completely barefoot in this entire scene. That's not okay. And <laughs> what? I, that's not okay. I don't watch a lot of scary movies, but uh, somebody alluded, alluded to Home, Home Alone, Alone earlier, but this exact scene is why I wear socks everywhere, <laughs> other than maybe the shower. Because when somebody's barefoot and there's a close-up of somebody's feet that are bare, something bad is about to happen. Oh. And I immediately put my face in my hands because for some reason I, I i was not okay with that not scene. a big fan of foot i was trauma. not no no yeah exactly and I, <laughs> it was not okay so that's why i wear socks to bed i wear socks all around my house <laughs> because if i don't wear socks something's gonna get me this oh, is fascinating that is interesting so you know you've actually, you've actually I, br- brought up a good point about this that was a, one of the effective and more scary parts of this movie was was can you imagine closing your eyes in a darkened house with uh, with a ten year old kid, and then counting to ten, and then having them just standing there, like angrily looking at you afterwards? It's kind of it. It's off putting. Anyways, barefoot, big no no. I remember. I remember in this scene. <laughs> this is another introduction for Eric into the experience of watching movies with, well, me in particular. <laughs> the babysitter. Goes to the top of the of the stairs and looks down into the dark, <sighs> dank dungeon of a basement, and uh, she just goes. One of my favorite parts of the movie is she just goes, "Okay, you're down, Miles. Come up, just <laughs> come up now. I'm not going down there." It's just like, yeah, noping out of it. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Because yeah, like I wouldn't want to go down that basement either. Hell but no. then, but I, I was laughing at that part, and Eric turned to me and was like, "Why are you laughing?" <laughs> this goes back to something I've said many times on this podcast, which is Bryce derives satisfaction and glee even from things that you'll never understand or be able to relate to. But yeah. then to to wrap up the scene, she goes down there to look for the kid to to strengthen my argument that you should always wear socks. She steps on a broken bottle or something yeah. and then falls down the stairs. And then I don't know what happens after that. I don't yeah, know yeah, how they clean that close scene ups up. of uh, foot trauma. And, I didn't and then see just, that because my eyes were closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It jumps to after the parents get back home. They're like, what happened? What the fuck did you do, Miles? And you yeah. like, I was scared. And then, and then there was blood. And then, and then, and then you got there. Well, yeah, they. Miles said, like, I just remember counting, and then she was all bloody at the bottom of the stairs. He doesn't remember remember anything in between. So, 
Yeah, that was that was probably the most effective scare. Yeah, of the movie. Have you seen um, a Quiet Place? Yes, I really really enjoyed it. How'd you like the? Uh, That's the... a good scary. I mean, from an average consumer, again, I'm gonna. Yeah, people can just call me average Eric, I guess, from now on. Oh, but, okay. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was really good. But and how'd you like the foot trauma in that? Not. Not. <laughs> I did not like that. Just the, not a big fan of foot trauma. The way they set the foot trauma up in both of these were very similar, almost copycat esque. And and uh, man, is it effective? It's same with hands. Sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent. No, no, but no. Like when pe- like when you see like a mobster trying to get something out of somebody and they nail his hand to a freaking yeah that's table pretty like in Luther. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. But if somebody gets shot in the side, I'm like, whatever. Just come on. <laughs> Run it off. That's really but interesting. Hand and foot trauma for That's some true. reason really get me. For me, it's it's the dick. Always, I do not like dick trauma, which uh, <laughs> which pieces had that dick grab ending. Oh Ooh. yeah, oof. It did not make sense, but I didn't like it. <laughs> What's the matter, Eric? Why are you covering your mouth? Are you trying trying. Eric is trying to be so courteous and like. Well behaved. I feel like he's, he can't let go. He's such a nice young boy. Yeah, he's a good guy. I feel bad talking about dick trauma around him. I didn't him. see that movie, whatever movie that was. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's not It's not a very good movie. Don't worry, I won't. Okay. So, oh yeah. So the babysitter hide and seek was effective. I'll tell you what wasn't effective. Can you think of a more boring activity for a movie than a staring match? A staring match. Yeah. The, okay. Let me set this up a little bit here. Boy and mom are reading breakfast at the dinner ta- at the at the table, and the boy says, "Mom, can we do the staring contest?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure, let's stare at each other." And then they do that thing until until one of them blinks, and that is just that's just poor that's just a bad idea all over the place. And then they play that game two or three more times throughout the movie. So you get to watch people staring into each other's eyes several times in this movie. You know, I will counteract that a little bit because okay. I think the first one it was obviously that it was it was obvious that it was the kid that was doing the staring contest. And yeah, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea to do a staring contest. The concept because, is poor. Yeah. They they should have used something else. Right. But in terms of in this movie, how it was used, that was one of the most creepy parts of of the uh, when the second staring contest when it was the serial killer doing St- it, staring at staring at her yeah. like lovingly and like desiringly, and then with his hand he was holding the mother's hand, and then he. Eric it's one of those. Like it's this. one of those things that you do not realize how creepy something is until you see it and you're like oh ugh. he was holding her hand and he takes his little child thumb and like inserts it between two of her fingers and it doesn't sound like that big of a deal but if you watch it and if you think of what that would feel like it would be basically you would feel like a rape victim <laughs> Your hand was raped by a thumb. Yeah. Well, it was strangely I mean, effective. Yeah. You're saying rape victims feel like little kids take their thumbs and press them in between your fingers? I think you would have a case. 
I think you would have a... I mean, hey, you know, you're right. That that second staring match, he did caress her hand an awful lot. There was a lot of caress. And, and that was one of the more effective parts of this movie was the amount that he caressed his mother, like, with a loving, gentle touch. Like, at one point, he crawled into bed with her, and and she's like mortified because she just received a call from the the brain quack that i've got irrefutable evidence that your child is definitely this very specific serial killer dude who died was killed at the exact same moment that your baby was born and she's like oh fuck irrefutable evidence my baby is definitely a serial killer who was killed at the same moment that my baby was born and then this kid runs in and he's like mom can i sleep with you and then he gets in behind her, like, uh, and uh, what do you call it? Spoons her uh-huh. from behind and takes his little little kid hand. And the camera's looking at her face as this little hand reaches up onto her shoulder and just, like, getting close, getting close to, like, mommy parts. And he's, like, rubbing her shoulder. And, like, it's just... It's subtle but effective. It's subtle but effective. One of the most effect, maybe maybe the most effective part of this movie just because it's so awkward and so. i think that's the quote of that's when the quote comes out of mommy would you love me oh, no yeah. matter what i do i think that was in the trailer but yeah, i think that like, was the moment the he did that is when he's like rubbing if i shoulder. was the mother i'd be like well not if you rape me son yeah it's getting weird up in here like why are you the other the one part i felt like the movie should have ended this is the one part where in, in like <laughs> in real life the movie should have been over is when he gets sick and tired of some kid stealing his science partner. <laughs> so he decides to go to a janitor's closet and pick up the biggest wrench I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was huge. And hits this kid in front of everybody like four or five times. Really wails on him. That was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That was pretty early in the movie. That was when the <laughs> that was when we're learning that that boy ain't right. And, uh, yeah, he definitely wails that on that little insane. kid. Yeah. So, the only other part of this movie that I found somewhat effective was the sleep talking. When when Miles was talking in his, in his sleep, his mom hears him um, kind of like, it almost sounds like talking in tongues. And she walks into his room and record, record picks up a little voice recorder and starts recording what he's saying because it does sound like another language and as it turns out it is it's uh as as is confirmed by the brain quack it is hungarian and he says something to the effect of stop crying you filthy whore i'll cut your eyes out before i watch you die (laughs) and it's like holy god that's that's pretty intense for a little kid to be saying so there are some effective parts of this and uh and it's just unfortunately unfortunate that they're muddled in amongst just a lot of boring exposition and dialogue. Yeah. I want to say a little bit about the, uh, the tip off that he's this killer that he knows this one song. And I think if your kid starts singing a song, the same song over and over again, you just, you have to assume that he's a serial killer. It's time to call CPS. Cause from my experience in movies, Serial killers only know one song, and they only hum it all the time. Yeah. And especially when they're going to do something evil. 
that's that's definitely true. Yeah. Do, uh, do you recall what that tune was? You're you have a musical mind. Uh, yeah, I actually recorded it. Both of you have a musical mind. Yeah, I recorded it, so uh, they probably won't be able to hear it, but it'll help me so I can sing it back. Because it wasn't a horrible song. I just yeah, it was just a little ditty. Felt like the old country. Yeah, so it was like da 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 da. Yeah, it felt kind of something almost like Harry Potter esque. Yeah, but he just kept whistling that over and over and over. It reminded me of a song from Les Miserables. There is a castle in the clouds. I like to go there in my sleep. It's sung by Cosette when she's a little girl. Wow, did you sing that at the movie theater? I kind of remember that. No, I mentioned it. I was like, she she asked her son like, "Where did you hear that song?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's from Les Mis." <laughs> but you're right. It's a it's a similar technique to like The Walking Dead. Like every bad character in The Walking Dead whistles right. for some reason, and yeah. that's just a a, a universal sign mm-hmm. for whistling means yeah. If you kill whistle you. or you hum the same song over and over again, just move the other way. So. This movie kind of starts to very slowly make its way towards its end by giving you the good old double twist. So the first the first twist is the only way we can get rid of Skarka, who, which is the last name of this serial killer. The only way we can get rid of this guy is if we kill his victim that got away. So Yeah, this is one of the things where they didn't fill in everything. The evil right. guy, or the, the doctor said... The people that are reincarnated are here to finish unfinished business. And then after that happens, then you get your kid back. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, like, well, the unfinished business is he's a serial killer and he just wants to kill lots and lots and lots of women. So he'll never be satisfied. But the mother thinks, well, we just got to kill this last victim that got away. It's kind of tied up because she finds a little shoebox that is that in the in Miles' room that has just a bunch of exclusively news material about this woman who escaped. Yeah. So that's kind of what it alludes to. So she makes the decision, yeah, to go find this woman and inexplicably take Miles with her. And because she's going to go and she buys a gun, this is the biggest spoiler of the movie. This is the end of the movie. Um, She goes and she's going to kill this woman so that she can tell the serial killer and her son that it's done and he can go now. Get out of here, guy. Okay. If I were to accept the premise that this serial killer would be satisfied with... um, this lost victim leaving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why would you not just let your kid kill kill the victim? Because he's a minor, and he would just he, he would he wouldn't be able to be tried as an adult. This is if you are the one that <laughs> kill kills her and gets caught, you'll be away for life, and you will be away from your child forever. This is in so- terms of like a parent. It's just irresponsible this is so logical that it's it gives me chills but i mean you're uh, in a weird way you're absolutely right 
And in another weird way, let's imagine one of your kids has a serial killer inside them. Uh-huh. Knock on wood. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna watch your kid kill a woman? Like in the in the manner of a serial killer? No, you'd like drop him off at the at the at the curb. Be like, here you go, honey. Go have fun. And then he'd trot up to the door. <laughs> yeah, he'd go in the door. He'd be like, all right, bye, mom. He the serial killer would use like some ruse, like he's selling Boy Scout cookies or something, and get in. And then the door would close, and you'd just wait. You'd hear some screaming, some muffled screaming, and then he'd come out again. Wow, you've really got this down. And really, it'd be the perfect crime because she lives in like a different state. How would anyone find that? I mean, she just really went about this the wrong way. She was letting her emotions get in the way of the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) She was protecting her child, but it wouldn't have been her child anyways. It would have been the serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I I think that's the biggest hole in this whole movie is... <laughs> Eric, you, do you disagree? There's so many holes. Um the one thing that the one thing about this whole like embodiment, this reincarnation stuff that I thought saved the movie a tiny bit uh-huh. was the thing that the quack explained was the one time he had seen this before, it was in a kid and it was actually for a good reason, which I thought was interesting. So the quack was explaining that he had seen this before in some other country where a kid was could take him back to a village that his previous life was in. That's right. And then say goodbye to his grandmother because he had passed away before his grandmother. So there in itself, I thought they could have even, the writing wasn't good though, they could have made it that much deeper of a story, but they completely missed the mark. And the fact that there are some people that are good. So... What if there was one of the police officers that died taking him down that was also reincarnated? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, saves the kid from killing... I know that's a little far-fetched. I but... smell a sequel. hey <laughs> My phone number is... <laughs> yeah, so the double twist is uh, a gotcha at the very... This is the ultimate... The, the ultimate twist. The mom follows the little boy... So the little boy kills... His victim, because mom can't, she can't, just can't bring herself to kill another person. He runs out into the into a field, and uh, and he then he talks, and then she follows him. He and he talks to his mom. He's like, "I've got your kid. I've got him forever. Ha ha! I am the I am Skarka, and I will live it within your child for eternity. Tee hee!" And mom's like. Hell no, not in, you. You got his mind. You don't get to keep his body. And she goes to shoot him, and bang! It turns out that some farmer, some old codger, shot her upon seeing this woman raise a gun towards a little kid. And so the little kid runs up to the farmer and's like, "I don't know what happened. She just tried to kill me." And so evil gets to continue. Spooky. And there's the prodigy. There's the prodigy. <laughs> I'm so, looking at my notes, and I, I, a couple things I noticed. The mother is the real psychopath because she cuts the crust of off of his sandwich with a chef's knife I instead of the butter knife. I made a note. Who does that? Yeah. What I do agree. you got? What, why is that such a problem? You, you just dirtied another knife when you didn't need to. 
So I went a step further with my note because I made a note about that same scene. And it was the fact that she even took the time to cut the crust for the kid and how maybe that's what turns kids into crazy people. Yeah. Wow. That's, so think about that. Yeah. That comes from a guy who doesn't have kids, though. Sandwichception. So. And the other, the other note in the beginning when it's introducing the serial killer, <laughs> the juxtaposition between the most obvious covering of the dick that you can get in a movie like the the serial killer's naked and he's coming out of the out of the <laughs> the house uh-huh. and it's like one of those moments in a cartoon where someone's naked but they're just cartoonishly covering their private parts it was very skillful and it was impressive like at at one point it was like a policeman's head and then it goes to him on the ground and like all of a sudden a rifle is right over his junk and then it jump cuts to the baby being born and a just rifle. has a, has a little has a little dingus little, hanging out. Little dingus. It's like it's a double standard. Yeah, there is baby dingus in this. Yeah. FYI. In case the, that's a the bullet wounds. Maybe that was the thing that was too scary that they needed to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> they needed to Photoshop this some of the dingus. dingus is too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that wasn't going for that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. All right. Anyways. There was one thing that disturbed me, one. other than the, other than the unsocked foot. Um, <laughs> the unsocked foot. Think about it. Um. And it was at the end of the movie after the farmer shoots the mom. The kid gets dropped off because his dad's still in the hospital because he stabbed his dad. The kid gets dropped off and is basically under foster care with this other family. And he turns to look into the mirror, and then the <laughs> serial right. killer is the one staring back. Yeah. At that moment, I realized the serial killer and all these flashes of like, oh, is it him? Is it the kid? He's always naked. Yeah. And it was really, it was really weird and kind of disturbing that the serial killer, every time the kid looked in a mirror, there was some flash of like the mom thought she saw the serial killer instead of the kid. He was always, always naked. And I don't know why I got hung up on that, but I thought that was a little weird. It was off-putting. Yeah, so it made him less. That scary. sounds like a personal hang-up. It made. Him, I don't want to diagnose this on the podcast. It made him. But you could I think probably it ma- see someone about. No, that. I just think it made him less scary. It made him. I didn't take him seriously. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably yeah. similar to the crazy guy you saw saw outside of the movie mm-hmm. theater. So, final recommendations: Who should see this? Who who would who would want to see this? Who would you recommend see this? Um, wait for it. To get on Netflix, that's yeah. like the only recommendation I would have. Yeah, I said teenagers or equivalent who have no barometer or taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen a better possession or reincarnation horror movie, then maybe this one would be a good starter. You can do better than this, yeah, for sure. Eric, do you have any recommendations for who should watch this movie? I feel like I've talked a lot already. Recommendations. I would agree with the high schooler thing. This sounds like something you would take a date to when you want them to get close to you, but you don't really care about the movie. Yeah. This would be a good investment to yeah. take that next step in your high school relationship, I think. I, actually, that's that's probably spot on, actually. This is a good date movie because you really don't have to care about what's happening. Yep. So with that, let's transition to horror movie news. New sound clip. This just is. 
That was cool. <laughs> who, who who made that? So that was the uh, the Almighty Badger. The Almighty from Reddit. Yeah. Thank you, the Almighty Badger, or That's... the King of All Badgers. This just in. Yeah. So really, all I'm going to talk about for horror movie news is the trailers that we saw at, at the Prodigy because they were basically all horror movies, and they they all piqued my interest uh, with maybe <laughs> one exception. Greta. <laughs> so Greta uh, is, I think, the the one of the closer ones to release, and it covers the scariest of subjects: old people wanting to be your friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the way this trailer uh, plays is a young girl uh, finds a purse on a train, and then she she does the right thing, right? She goes and, and tries to find the owner of the purse, and then they become the best of friends. And one day, this old lady, older lady named Greta, asks this girl to go and fetch her a, a, a bottle opener or something like that. And... And so she does. She goes and and looks for it in the cupboard and accidentally finds a bunch of purses, all with, you know, different the the little stick post-it notes about you know where they left it and who returned it. And she finds her name on one of these identical purses, and she's like, "Oh shit, I'm in it now." And then it just it it's a chilling trailer because it really devolves into some creepy looking shit like. Like syringes, like like sedation, mm-hmm. like like this this oddly nimble older woman who's running around and like sticking syringes into people's necks and trying to be up in your business too much. Yeah, that one. I think I'm looking forward to that one and the the next one on the list. What did uh, are do any of these strike your interest just off the bat, Eric? I'm just. Amazed that you guys took notes even during the previews. To be honest, <laughs> well, that's I mean, what I'm in awe of. Right? I now. didn't really. I mean, I just wrote down the the title. I've seen these Got the it. trailers for these so many times now. The only new trailer that was on here was the Child's Play trailer. I think I hadn't seen the Curse of La Llorona. Yeah, I've I've seen that. I saw that on YouTube or something. That before. was that was another one that looks spectacular yeah i'm that, excited about that one so let me set up the tra- if you i'll i'll include uh, a few of these trailers the more notable ones in the post uh for for this episode at horrormovietalk.com but the curse of la Llorona is super spooky looking this mom leaves her car in this under this underpass and oh yeah overpass under this overpass and her two kids are inside. And she's like, don't leave the car no matter what happens. And of course, the little boy leaves the car and sees someone crying like down this kind of like darkened alley. And it's a spook of some variety. And he runs back to the car. And then this thing starts rolling down the manual windows. Like it's it's so creepy. And uh, and so I'm really excited for the Curse of La Llorona. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. The another one was The Intruder, which covers the scariest of of all things, old white men. Uh and the a a a young couple buys this this old dude's house and then he sticks around, which is horrifying. He like played com- by Dennis Quaid. Oh, that's Dennis I really Quaid. I want to I'm interested in seeing Dennis Quaid as an as a evil character. Yeah. I was always a huge fan of of Dennis Quaid from Inner Space. 
Yeah, you've mentioned you mentioned it like three or four times. I always thought he would have been a great like leading actor, and he's he just never quite got a shot. Which is strange because he's very handsome. Yeah, he's very handsome. He's a good. I mean, he's really entertaining to watch, but like he never got really a break. His biggest break after you know eighties or early nineties movies was like cheaper by the dozen or something like that. Wow. Or one of these family movies. I'm like, dang, that sucks. I would have. Same with like um, Christian Slater. Like some of these, some of these actors are like really entertaining to watch, and I don't understand why they didn't get like a bigger, bigger role. Yeah, my wife loves Christian Slater. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, also Pet Cemetery. They, I think we got to see the new trailer on this one because I, I hadn't seen it. Um, could be good, but it looks like it. I mean, I've said this before. Pet Cemetery is such a classic. And they did it so perfectly the first time. Have you seen Pet Cem- the the first Pet Cemetery? A long time ago. Yeah, I don't remember it very much. Did it, you know, so it didn't didn't leave a big lasting. I think impression. I was I was really young when I saw it, so I'd have to see it again to give it a good review. That's fair. Did it did it did it alarm you at all? Uh, yes, because I'm. Because I, uh, I get scared hey, easily. Well, no, I mean, we. I think we were all little kids when when we saw Pet Cemetery. I don't. I don't know about Bryce, but I was. The, and... the costumes in the preview looked good from just from my perspective. Yeah, for this new one. Yeah, they gave the kids these little masks, um, and I thought it was very well done. They scared the crap out of me in the preview because um, at first they look very playful and then whenever you put scary music behind something you're like oh this is not playful this is kind of creepy yeah this is super daunting yeah somehow the kids found like the creepiest like animal masks from you know their grandmother's like chest (laughs) that had you know years and years of antiquing on it yeah so it makes it a little creepy it looks like uh it reminded me of the the characters in in uh, Bioshock. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does look like it. It's very stylistically like the characters in Bioshock. Yeah. Like they would wear the masks. And then, um, really, the Happy Death Day to you looks great, mainly because that lead actress is smoking hot. She is a good-looking girl. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of her. Mm-hmm. Her. The- we only saw the trailer. Her acting was pretty good too. Yeah, I have felt you, like her comedic timing in the trailer was pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the first one? I haven't. No, I haven't either. I've seen clips of it, and she does a really good job. Like I, I want to watch it because it's she's she's good at like yeah, like you said, comedic timing and good good reactions. Yeah, it's it. like a slasher mixed with dark comedy. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I think slasher actually, mixed with Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah really that's yeah. a good one yeah. yeah and i think that's it's, that's what we're reviewing next week mm-hmm. yeah so g- you guys go ahead and check that out opening weekend and we'll be right there behind you and uh and sneaking up on you with a baby face mask and a knife mm-hmm. yeah eric you seem nervous even during the trailers like you were like gearing up you were like oh shit i told you i don't do well with this <laughs> stuff <laughs> i don't do well with this stuff Which and i hope that i'm a voice. Some people may say, "Oh, why are you having him on?" Like he doesn't like scary movies. This is stupid. I hope that I can shed some light on maybe like significant others of yours or best friends that don't like him. Yeah, I hope that I've shed some light no, for some we, people on the podcast. That... We love it. Yeah, okay. It's the most. It's the most interesting thing for me. Like it's my goal 
to, is to get people who don't normally watch horror. Because if you get someone who has seen a million horror movies, you saw what it was like watching this movie with, with Bryce and I. You were there. We didn't really... There's there's no, no fun to either of us watching this movie, but there is fun to you watching this movie. You mean you know? for you to yeah. watch me watch the movie? Yes, yeah, exactly. I understand that. Right. You guys are evil. Yeah. I have a cousin who reacts so poorly to horror movies that she... To any stressful event in a movie that... She ran out of the house upon viewing the new Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was Earth all along. No! <laughs> yeah, man. She was not having it. So, And I love it, you know? I mean, that was one of the funnest parts of our review on Hereditary is getting my wife's yeah. uh, input on it. Because she hates horror movies. Yeah. She won't watch, like, anything. She's a lightweight. But somehow we convinced her to watch Hereditary. Which is like the big daddy of horror movies right now. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. After watching it, and this was coming after right after I finished Haunting of Hill House, I am a little addicted to it. I was thinking mm-hmm. about it last night. Um, I was hearing something in my kitchen. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? It was just the ice maker, I guess. Oh. But, <laughs> but there is something about it that you kind of get addicted to, and I kind of want to go watch some more. Maybe one tonight, whatever's on Netflix, I'll scroll through them. I mean, um, for me, it's like, I just like that feeling of being anxious. It's like the tension and release. Yeah. it's You feel the tension and you know, like, um, intellectually that there's nothing to be scared of. Like, right. You're not really going to get harmed or anything. But the experience of watching it. If it if it gives me that real like <laughs> feeling, yeah. like I'm all about that. Yeah, no, I'm the same way, and like I, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm I'm pretty high strung to begin with, and so uh, but but this this watching horror movies has always helped me to like deaden that you know like it it, it builds a callus and and eventually I I, I get to stop feeling so much so it's a good way to you know callous myself to the world yeah and finally there was the child's play uh trailer which uh did not give a lot away it doesn't really need to because it's just a remake of child's play but it's probably a much more entertaining version of the prodigy yeah so there's see- a little drama with uh child's play have you watched on twitter at all no so the original uh creator of Child's Play is not a fan of the remake because apparently um, it was an MGM. MGM owns the original Child's Play, like the rights to it. But since then, like all of the movies, all of the Child's Play movies, um, look up the director so I know what I'm talking about. Director Tom Holland? No. Nope. Story by Don Mancini. Don Mancini. Yeah, so Don Mancini... He is the creator of Child's Play, and it's his baby. And all of the movies that have come out for the last three decades are are his. And he's even starting a TV series for Child's Play. And he had no involvement in this remake. And MGM came to him and said, hey, do you want to uh, have an executive producer credit on it? And he's like, no. Hell no. I'm not going to give any kind of endorsement to this it had nothing to do with me and he's just basically saying like he's coming out with a tv series and he's built up like this universe himself to where 
if they come out with this movie, it might fuck it up for them. Like it might, if it's a terrible movie, no one's going to want to watch his TV series. Yeah. Um, and if it's, you know, just steps over all of the stuff that he's built up over the years. So anyways, there's a little bit of drama. So MGM approached Don Mancini Mancini, uh, and were like, you want an executive producer credit? And he was like, he's like hell to the no yeah yeah there we go okay well so and then you have written down dark phoenix meh yeah i didn't even want to fucking talk about it it's so irritating me (laughs) uh i'm I'm a big x-men fan and what's been done to these to to the movie universe of the x universe has just been yeah, dragging me through the mud here. If they if gonna... they could rewind and, and it'll be interesting if Marvel, I mean, Disney owns Fox now, and so whoa, if, what Disney bought Fox? Yeah, holy shit! You didn't follow? So they've had it. They've owned it for like a year now. Mm-hmm. No, and so, no, 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 no. They bought the rights to the 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 Marvel owned or the Marvel owned. Uh, uh, no, they bought. All of Fox. They bought Fox. Except for the cable news networks. Oh, okay. I think, I think Fox Television is their own thing, but Fox, all of the Fox studios wow. for, for movies is owned by Disney now. So Deadpool, yeah. Alien, uh, like all these things. So it'll be interesting to see if and when the X-Men universe is folded into the Marvel movies the mcu because it would honestly be a lot better if they if they gave x-men room to breathe yeah and just say like we're gonna we're gonna look at this as a 10-year project just doing x-men yeah as as opposed to like all right let's do a couple movies yeah it says after discussions for weeks uh 52.4 billion sale was officially announced december 14 2017 uh, Disney plans to purchase 20th Century Fox. $52.4 billion? And the other thing, so I think for me, the obvious reason why they would want Fox is, number one, to to buy all of the remaining uh, Marvel intellectual property. The only one that isn't owned by Marvel Disney now is Spider-Man, but they have an agreement with Sony yeah. to be able to use them in Avengers movies. And then the other big part of it is since Disney owns Star Wars and 20th Century Fox owns like the original um, distribution rights for Star Wars, the original Star Wars, that's one of the big reasons why it's so hard to release um, that as a as a package with movie. Anyway, so there's, there's a lot of IP that they got from buying you know when they're building the huge studios yeah disney's building marvel land in california adventure and they're almost done with the star wars stuff they're going to release in this summer yeah the giant star wars land attached to disneyland in california wow. disney owns all that's crazy so right. with that let's move on to the rotten tomatoes game <laughs> Of 
Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got two players now. We could you, we could actually compete against each other, me and yeah. Eric. Yeah, you can have a competition. <gasps> Sweet. So the way the uh, Rotten Tomatoes game typically works is, first of all, there is a theme. Today's theme is horror movies about kids, okay, versus movies for kids. <laughs> so little kid movies versus horror movies about kids. Okay. I got, we're, we're only doing three. And the the way this works is, we're, and this time we're actually doing it off of the audience score. So, audience because, score. Okay. because sometimes some of these movies are so unnotable that they don't actually get reviewed by critics. Oh, wow. So you'll... But it's something we're we're all familiar with. I promise you. I promise you that. All Try right. to. So we got the first matchup is Children of the Corn versus <laughs> The Land Before Time Two, The Great Valley Adventure. Children of the Corn Two. No, Children of the Corn. And okay. Versus Land Before Time Two. Okay. The The Great Valley Adventure. You gotta be tough that's why i'm tough is that if you don't like it tough is that from land before time too i'm pretty sure it is it's when chomp is introduced i believe wow you were welcome to the children's movie podcast with eric (laughs) (laughs) somebody's gonna correct me in the comments i'm gonna tell you right now this is really close this is a very close really yeah this is a very close race between these two so which one has we're gonna let eric go first and and so by, by oh actually you y'all can guess the same thing or different it doesn't matter I don't care Which, I I wrote down LBT you wrote down Land Before Time you think Land Before Time has a higher audience score than Children yep. of the Corn what about you Eric? I would completely agree wow by one point you both are correct nice so. okay second movie is going to be Mac and Me <laughs> a children's movie. That uh, that what's what's that guy? He goes on Conan all the time. And Paul he shows, Rudd. Paul Rudd, and he shows a clip of Mac and me falling into the. So Mac and me versus Village of the Damned remake, nineteen ninety five, starring Christy Alley. <laughs> the faces I'm getting. Yeah, this is a, that one's kind of rough. Yeah, that's definitely rough. See the thing with audience scores. Is that almost all of them are in the seventies, just because of cognitive dissonance? Let me tell you, just if you go to a movie, well, maybe not, not these, not, maybe not the older <laughs> ones, but if you see them for a new movie, people that paid money to go see yeah, a movie they don't want to feel like they got gypped. Yeah, they'll say it's good. Yeah, because they don't want to feel stupid for paying you know twelve dollars for a ticket. Right. But yeah, over time. There's going to be people that see these movies on cable, and they'll go on and be like, this is utter trash. Yeah. Which is probably the case with these ones. <laughs> Accurate. I'm going to say Village of the Damned. You're going to say Village, the remake Village of the Damned? And what about you? I already forgot the titles that you mentioned, so I'll say the first one. Oh, so you're saying Mac and Me. Yep. So Eric wins on this what? one. What? Mac and me. That is like that's got to be like ironic scoring for most of those audience members. 
Okay, well, let me preface this a little bit. Mac and me got a 37 with the audience, but actually did get reviewed by critics and got a 0%. A 0%. It scored a perfect goose egg. Whereas Village of the Damned remake from 1995 starring Christy Alley got a 27% audience. Wow. So it lost by a good eight points. People hate Kirsty Alley. Is it Kirsty or Christy? I guess it's Kirsty, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And they love McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have guessed that. That makes more sense. And the final matchup is going to be The Good Son starring Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. Versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Oof. Oof. <laughs> like the recent one? Live action? No. Uh, yeah, the live action one okay. from like 95. Yeah. This is the one where they were in Japan. Yeah, right. Oh, with the lanterns. Yeah, time travel. Right. Yeah, yeah you got it. I remember it. that movie. Yeah. I probably scored it well. Good when I was a kid. Anyways. I'm going to say The Good Son. Have in and you? I know you've seen I the have Good Son. You have you TMNT. Have you seen the Good Son though? No. Okay, so you're going. So Bryce is going the Good Son, and Eric going is TMNT. going TMNT. I'm afraid Bryce gets this one <laughs> by a wide margin. Yeah, the Good Son got 54 audience rating. It got like a 24 critic rating which is mm. kind of the good son i rem- i mean i saw it when i was young yeah i was probably around macaulay culkin's age yeah at the time but i thought it was awesome just because it was very dark i bet if i watched it now it would be really cheesy i watched about six months ago and it was pretty cheesy yeah it was just kind of slow but that being said it wasn't it wasn't a 27 percent. it was decent yeah. it was about a 50 something was it better than the prodigy oh Okay. Yeah. Just by virtue of the fact that it has young Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. Anyway. Okay. Um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 got a 33%. So a good 20, 20 point spread on that one. Cool. All right. So with that, that's that's the end of Horror Movie Talk. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. We're going to have to do this again. I really... Yeah. I, I, Eric was a real fucking trooper coming out here today in the snow. If if anybody anybody listening, we're recording this during a a supposedly a very very rare snow event. Yeah, a very rare snow event. And he drove like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half out here just to just to be on the show. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Our lead singer's in another state, so I stole his car. Oh. <laughs> so if I get in a wreck on the way home, I'm fine. My car's fine, but his car, because he's not here to do the podcast, will be in trouble. So, well, thanks, David. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your brother's name is his, David. It's really confusing. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I thank you too. This was a lot of fun. This was. Um, I hope I gave some good insight, and maybe we can see a movie that's better than The Prodigy next time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, good deal. So, with that, thank you very much for listening to Horror Movie Talk. Share us with a friend. Real, you know what? I'm actually going to challenge our audience to actually share this podcast with a friend because it would really, really help us out. It would help out uh, Eric and my brothers and I, and it would help out Horror Movie Talk. So please, 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 pretty please with sugar on top, share our podcast with a friend to help us grow. 
remember to, whenever you're shopping on Amazon or thinking about shopping on Amazon, remember to click through our link at the top of our website, horrormovietalk.com. It's a little green button. Go ahead and bookmark that and do all your shopping through Amazon with that. And, and I want to give a special thanks to the King of All Badgers for generously donating a uh, sound clip for our horror movie news segment. Yeah, thank you very much, the King of All Badgers. We really appreciate that. Also, make sure to subscribe to Shudder. Give it a give it a, a free 30-day trial when you enter HMT at checkout. And, uh, you know, they got great curated lists of horror movies and shows. So check that out. Do you have anything you would like to plug? You want to? No, I just want to thank everybody for having me today. It was a lot of fun. Movie was mediocre, but I think watching it with you guys was a lot of fun. What's, um, a, what's the best place to find your band? Um, online, anywhere. Spotify, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if somebody wants to, where's a good place to find our band? Should I restart? No, sorry, no, that was okay. the Facebook sound effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. No. Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere. Um, yeah, we'd really appreciate the support. Um, we're going to have some uh, remixes of our last album that are going to come out in the next few months. Um, I'm really excited for remix stuff because I can actually, I don't know, it's easier to work out to and run to. And You got any shows coming up? Uh, no, we're, we're done with shows for now. We're just going to focus on studio. Um, we wrote like 60 songs last year and then we whittled it down to 12. So, um, we're ready to get back into the studio, um, do some remix work, some acoustic work, stuff like that. Um, and we're excited. Thanks for having us though. This was, (laughs) yeah, man, I'm again, I've never publicly critiqued a video, so this is new to me, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. We really appreciate you. <laughs> so thanks again. Thanks for listening to Horror Movie Talk and remember we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.